0: Welcome to a new episode of the Mediocre Show and today there will be no Bangla, today will be entirely in English. So without further ado, we're going to start today's podcast with Katie Winkleman. Katie, would you like to introduce yourself for us?
1: Ah, hi, I'm Katie. It's it's so nice to be here and um, it's really great to meet you. It's You've given me such a warm welcome already. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, so I want to just add some some touch that to Katie, what is she doing? She has a lot of enthusiasm with the psychology, I helping others me. and uh, helping especially others with the people who are physically or mentally impaired. So she is an awesome person and that's why I brought her to this show. So Katie, so how can we be mentally strong?
1: Yeah, that's I mean, it's a great question. It's hard. Um, especially now, there's a lot of external stress going on and um, It's totally, entirely valid, and I think the first step in terms of like, quote-unquote, being mentally strong is uh, really just recognizing that we're in a really unprecedented and genuinely really stressful time. It's really, really difficult to navigate. Um, Nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody alive today has lived through a pandemic who's in a leadership position, so we're on an even playing field in terms of our knowledge. and as uh, you kind of talked about I have done a little bit of research in the positive psychology field mostly looking at um, interpersonal and organizational behavior in terms of how we behave to amplify good things and buffer the bad things and so in terms of staying mentally strong I mean like it's just that first step of acknowledging and saying you know what like we're in a weird situation Um, and acknowledging your own feelings towards that and trying to navigate that. Um, I'm personally still learning. I, I do research in this field and so do my colleagues um, who are above me and uh, we're all a little lost in full honesty. We all don't really know what to do but I think there's a lot to be said for you know a few things and one of those being the power of gratitude in terms of staying mentally strong. It's a It's a huge huge thing, not only in times of stress like these, but just in your everyday, if you want to really amplify the good things that are happening. Um, And some people are in really unfortunate situations where, you know, maybe right now it feels like there's very little to be thankful for. But, you know, you can find the smallest things. Um, And it does sound really cliche. And it's not to negate the difficult situations that we're in. But it's to say, you know what, hey, we're in a really tough time. But I'm, I'm really glad that I have glasses so I can see or saying like, Hey, I'm, I'm really glad that I have shoes so I can walk or I'm really glad that I have a friend who I can talk to during this time. Um, and just kind of identifying those little things to be grateful for. It's difficult to do every day. You're allowed to be frustrated. You're allowed to have days where you're like, you know what? This sucks. (laughs) I know I've had plenty of days like that. So that's fine. But yeah, there's definitely something to be said about gratitude. Um, and then also like it does it might seem a little bit fleeting right now in terms of planning for a future that we don't know what it's going to look like um but i've seen a lot of people you know in really tough situations still pouring themselves into what's making them passionate because it is unfortunate a lot of people are out of work but i've seen a lot of trends of you know people making bread <laughs> and um, i think there's something to be said about um I, I think it's very symbolic that people are making bread and sharing that while um, still being at a distance. Another one is like maintaining and building on your relationships at a distance and finding an infrastructure that works for you. Um, I have a coworker and we use an app called Marco Polo to keep in touch via video. It's kind of like Snapchat, but it's a little bit different. Um, I have friends who have hosted Zoom parties. So if you are, you know, you know, have access to a smartphone or a laptop, um, really easy way to keep in touch. Um, but yeah, for me personally, it's just, it's been trying to build in a gratitude practice um, and all the chaos and also like trying to stay connected, which is easier said than done, right? Like I'm still learning, I'm still bad at it. Um, and that's okay. We're all going to be bad at it together because none of us have ever lived in a pandemic before. <laughs> but, um, you know, as we learn and grow together, I think those are, those are two um, key things that I've tried to keep in mind.
0: I can add something there. Uh, my audience also go to your phone contacts, look for some number you never dial. Just do it. So yeah, yeah. for sure. um how can positive psychology really uh, help you in your life? Tell us the
1: story. Totally. Um, I kind of stumbled upon positive psychology three or so years ago, um, and I-, I was in a time where I was just. I, you know, I was having a—I had a really good life. I had just started college in the United States, and um, it was—it was really interesting. I had made a lot of really good friends, and I just kind of was in the library, and I was looking—I don't know, I just curious. I was like, "What? Where are some books about happiness?" And I stumbled upon a book called *Authentic Happiness* by Martin E.P. Seligman, who is the father of positive psychology. Um, he writes a lot of good theories, so anything by him is is really, really excellent. He's done his work. He's done, like, 40 years of positive psych work. Um, and what was really interesting to note about that book is it really outlined the basics of positive psychology. And so regular psychology is really diagnostic. It's saying, hey, you're stressed, you're anxious, you're depressed. Um, how do we diagnose that problem and solve that problem? Whereas positive psychology is more like, how do we build the beautiful and strengths in your life um, to help you build a flourishing life and not just one where you're trying to avoid stress, but one where you're moving towards happiness and towards positivity. Um, Because, and this line really sticks out in this book and it's one of the best lines in the book, but it's the absence of stress and depression and anxiety is not happiness, Mm -hmm. it's emptiness. you know he was like I was seeing patients come in and I was you know curing their depression basically and then they were just left with nothing because they didn't have the tools to know how to build you know things that allowed them to flourish into their lives and so it really helped me just to create this mindset of like you know okay I, I have a good life but how do I live one that's flourishing and one that's really full and meaningful and so a few ways that's helped, then I read his second book because he has three, and <laughs> they're all really good. Um, but there's another author called Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. It's a very complex name. He's Russian, his name is super long, but um, he talks about the theory of flow and how doing something that's difficult, but engaging and something that we're passionate about creates this flow state where we're just, we're doing, we're doing, we're doing without time is just passing us by, but we're enjoying every second of it because we're really present in that moment. And so that's something that Martin E.P. Seligman also talked about, and that helped me kind of realize, okay, like the first key to this idea of having a flourishing life is being present in that life. And again, easier said than done. This is a practice that I'm I'm still learning. <laughs> I'm still learning how it, how it works in my life. I'm still bad at it, I still stumble. Um, but that idea of presence and really saying to yourself, like, you know, just the other day, I spent the entire day thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, like I have to drive. I, I want to go see my sister who's in another state. And so I have to drive really far to get there. And I was thinking, I was like, what if my car breaks down? What if I get a flat tire? What if I you know, need to get my oil changed? What if, what if, what if? And I realized I wasn't being present in my day because I was so worried about what might happen tomorrow. And it's equally as likely that it won't happen because I take good care of my car. <laughs> so um, just being able to kind of stop you yourself in your tracks and say, you know what, like I really haven't been present all day today, and I don't know why, so let's like just try to bring myself back and say, you know, it's like my car runs fine, there's not a guarantee that it'll break down, and if it does, the worst case scenario isn't that bad, um, and kind of the other side of that practice that I touched on earlier is gratitude, and again, still stumbling, still bad at it, <laughs> but one exercise that um, Martin E.P. Seligman outlines in his book is just that idea that you just touched on, which is calling somebody up and saying hey but it's in a more yeah it's in a more structured format where he was he ran this experiment where he asked people he had a group do like three activities and I'll kind of outline the first is they do nothing they just live their lives Um, it's a control group so that's very easy if you're doing that right now congrats like you're in that group of the experiment and then the second group he had them once a month identify a person whoever you want that you feel really was, it you know, creating value in your life and was connecting with you. Um, and he had them write 500 words on why they love and appreciate that person and what kind of they've done for them. And, you know, just reflecting on the nature of your relationship. And so you spend 30 minutes just writing and then you go and you read that letter to somebody, to that person face to face. And, you know, in, in a situation like this, it might be you call them, it might be you do it over Zoom. Um, if you're not close to that person, but reading them that letter um, and then kind of talking about why you're grateful for them. Um, In that study it was found that people had that effect of feeling grateful and feeling happy for three to five weeks after they did that. Um, And they consistently, they have this thing called a happiness index, they they consistently tested higher in the happiness index than the people who were doing nothing. And then the third part of the experiment was they had people writing in gratitude journals, um, which again, it sounds cheesy, but it's cheesy because it works. (laughs) And you would write down. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You'd write down three things you're grateful for. And under those three things, you'd write why you're grateful for that and how you can incorporate more of that into your life. And so like a good example would be, um, you know, I'm really grateful for the time I get to spend outside in a way that I can you know, make that happen more often is by um, setting better boundaries at work so my work doesn't spill over into the late evenings and so I have time to go outside and feel connected to the earth. Um, And again, I mean, I'm bad at this too, right? Like, (laughs) I haven't written in my gratitude journal for like a month. (laughs) Yeah, we're all learning. Um, And during this pandemic, like all of these practices for me completely fell away because I was just distracted by what's going on. Um, and and that's totally fine. Uh, we're all distracted <laughs> right now, especially. It, yes. Yeah. So it's just finding a way to, you know, reincorporate these infrastructures of flourishing in a time where we're just trying to not drown <laughs> in the stress, right? Um, so yeah, I'd say like that's kind of how how that's impacted me. And those were, you know, those are some of just like the best examples I have of. Um, my biggest takeaways from that practice for sure.
0: Oh wow, Katie, that was such a story and that thing fits on her brain. oh my God, if I do this, she will like like get angry. no she' like she'll get like stressed up. no this continuous overthinking that really kills people. I can definitely right do
1: that. yeah. right
0: that, uh, that's something. yeah, so that was such a trick question. oh yeah. Just
1: come the casual one. Come on. Sounds good. Oh so,
0: yeah, let's do some fun
1: questions. Like, yeah. what's your favorite TV show? Um, my favorite TV show right now, um, uh, I would have to say it's The Avatar, The Last Airbender, got put on Netflix, and oh, Netflix. I, <laughs> yes. yeah, I really like that show. So I'm very happy that it's on there now. So I've been watching that pretty often. Want
0: to yeah. hear my one? Yeah, I do.
1: I do want to hear yours. <laughs>
0: <Mom and> Jerry. <laughs>
1: yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, I think
0: it has no voice, no dialogue, nothing. Just like silent comedy, and it's like enjoy It's I so cannot, funny. Cannot, I, cannot, I think it's a one I've had that we actually recommend to everyone.
1: Good one. Um, so I currently work in a, a consulting firm, and so we just we have a lot. of to do at all times, especially now with businesses, just trying to figure out how to how to stay afloat. So um, one thing that my boss told me that has really stuck out to me and has helped me be productive um, in this time, which it's really hard to be productive, but it's this thing called the Pomodoro Effect. And it's where you, yeah, I think it means That's tomato in Italian, but it's, uh, it's where you set a timer for 25 minutes And you do a a task yeah you do a task for 25 minutes and then you take a a five minute brain break and then you come back to it and you do another 25 and so i've been doing that the past week or so on and off and it's been really helpful i really like that so it's a good um productivity hack
0: how you can how you actually wipe your memory (laughs) it's a joke (laughs) like that what happens is that i have seen that at age 24 or 25 people have that's very normal Sometimes it's, it's depressive. I know that. So, if you really wanted to, like, erase that memory, do this one thing: take a pen, uh, any piece of paper, write that person's name, and maybe just a line, uh, and maybe like, "May God help you." Tear it up, and just throw it on the window or dustbin, whatever you like, and you'll see that, like, a day later, you start to feel like less stressed, and you are actually gonna slowly gonna like. Get
1: That's totally.
0: that yeah. That's a joke. That is a
1: What does imitation and plateaus have in common? I
0: don't
1: know. <laughs> They're both the highest forms of flattery. Oh,
0: oh my God! <laughs>
1: it's it's like my only oh. good joke.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, I was expecting that. <laughs> really? I know
1: yeah it's a good one
0: i was gonna end this one so the last question is like with nostalgic for you it would be like like one best childhood uh, memory you actually had.
1: yeah um that's a great question i i was lucky enough to have a really awesome childhood so i'm i'm very thankful for that but i think probably some of my best memories are my my mom and my dad, my sister and I, every summer we would go. Um, we grew up in Colorado, which is like it has a lot of mountains, and we would go into the mountains every summer and we'd camp in this one really beautiful meadow with all these like snow-capped mountains around us, and we'd go fishing. And I think one of my best memories from that was I was sitting on that like beach next to the river. Um, I would like my mom and I would just I don't know have our be reading our books next to each other while we were watching my sister and my dad fish um and yeah those those memories always stick out really vividly in my mind as times when we all felt really really connected and kind of at peace with each other so yeah it's definitely probably one of my best memories wow
0: anything you want to tell to our audience we, we just want to hear from you anything yeah
1: oh <laughs> um i don't know just I don't know if I have any great advice. I'm still figuring this out too, but um, yeah, just keep doing your best. That's all, that's all we can ask of ourselves. Um, That's all we can ask of anyone really. Um, Yeah, that's, that's all.
0: The feeling of like overthinking uh, that actually erased when you take an action. So I took an action at DMU, you replied and we are here. So thank God for this, for happening. So Katie, this was, one years, actually, productive session I had. So Good. we're gonna really end, end this right now. So thank you, Katie, for joining us. So I really hope that we could bring you again for another session.
1: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Let me know. It's, this was great. Um, oh yeah. Best of luck. This this seems like it's gonna be an awesome time.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna end this one and. Uh, So audience, uh, just uh, make sure you can like this page, maybe subscribe if you need to Thank you audience for listening and maybe watching. Uh, Thank you so much and God bless you all. Uh, That's all. Peace.